First Chronicles chapter 22, verse 5 to 7. Before David died, King David said, My son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house that is to be built for the Lord shall be exceedingly magnificent, famous, and glorious throughout all lands. Therefore, I will now make preparations for it. So David made ample preparations before his death. Then he called for his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, My son, I had it in my heart to build a house for the name of the Lord my God. Sabi ni David, I had it in my heart. The house of God was, was, was in my heart. Mga kapatid, is the house of God in your heart today? When I say the house of God, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the vision, the culture, the house. We sometimes say, if you send a greeting card, sa America, we send a greeting card, Christmas card or birthday card. They usually say, from our house to your house. You know, Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. And we often go to visit other churches or other uh, ministries and we would learn things from their house that we could probably bring back to our house. Do you understand? Have you ever heard us talk about the vision of the house? We're talking about the united culture, the vision, the mission that we're on here in the church. So, first of all, tandaan mo to and write this down, that God's house is the church. It's not a building. Although I'm thankful we have a building, the church has a building, but if this building were to crash in an earthquake, we still have a house. You understand? We still have a house because the house is the community of people, the body of Christ, the family. And since last week we had all of these games and activities and carnival and it's like a big fiesta. And I want to tell you that events like that are okay. But if we become dependent on having events and activities, if we become so addicted to people-pleasing, crowd-gathering, fun, fun activities and events, then we're just building a circus instead of building a house. David said, I had it in my heart to build a house for the Lord. And so we need to think about this. You know, the carnival, you mga set up ng peria every fiesta time. How many of you like to go to the carnivals, you know? If you meet those people there, they're not, they're kind of NPA, no, no permanent address. The people that go from city to city and set up and make money and, and bring the crowds in, they don't really live anywhere. They're transient people moving from one place to another. They don't really have roots. 
These are people their whole life, day and day out, every day. It's just on the road, set up. It's temporary. And yet, God is calling us to build a house where it's not just you attend somewhere, but you put your roots down. You put roots down someplace. There's some place that you can call home. Isn't it great to have a home? When you're scared, when you're afraid, maybe something happens. Biglang dumating ang bagyo. Or there was an accident sa labas. And, and when you feel that you're not safe, it's, it's already dark, you just have that urgent feeling, I need to get home. Before the floods come, before it gets too dark, I, I need to get home. And in your home, you, you feel safe because you belong there. You have roots there. The, the, your people are there. And maybe your home is not perfect. Some of our homes are still under renovation. Some of our homes smell bad. <laughs> Anybody's house smell bad this morning? Forgot to take out the trash? Didn't wash the dishes? You got dirty laundry all around? Am I connecting with anybody here today? So our homes are not really perfect, but they're our home. Home pa rin yun, di ba? And uh, so God wants us to have a home and not just a circus, not just doing activities all the time. And then after the fun is gone, after the show is over, you just leave, you quit. That's an audience mentality. The mentality of an audience is I'm just here to be entertained and after it's, it's already boring or it's not exciting anymore, then I'm going home. Pag kumukunting mga tao, I don't want to stay here. I go home. Pag wala nang pagkain, I'm going home. You know, but God wants us to build a house where we, where we take responsibility. We have chores. We commit and, and make sacrifice. And we think long term about the next generation. We think generationally. Where you silence your cell phones, where you actually get involved in relationships, and you actually bear one another's burdens, and you sometimes get dirty. If there's problems, you work through it. That's church, that's the house of God. It's not a circus or a show mentality. It's family. It's the body of Christ. It's what David said. I had it in my heart. I wanted to build a house for the Lord. He already had a temple. They already had a place for the Lord which was, you know, mobile. But David said, I want something long-term, a place where the generations can touch and, and access the presence of God, a place that would make a permanent impact perpetually in the city. So, number two was that David had a heart for the house of the Lord. Look at all the Psalms, and there's many, many, but I just want to share a few with you and read along with me some of these scriptures. There's many more, but Psalms 26, verse 8. Oh Lord, I love the house where you live. The place where your glory dwells. Psalms 27.4. The one thing I ask of the Lord. The thing I seek most. 
is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. Are you doing that this morning? Are you delighting in the Lord's perfections, meditating right here in the very temple? Psalms 36, verse 7 and 8. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. All right. Psalms chapter 84, verse 10. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. You know what David is saying? I'd rather just, just open the door. I would rather be the least servant, but I'm in the house of God rather than, you know, live the good life in the homes of the wicked. In Psalms chapter 92, verse 12, the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord and they flourish in the courts of our God. I just look out in our congregation right now. This first service is almost already getting full pack also. And, uh, you know, the time will come. We probably have to have three services. But I just look out and I just see a lot of people here that I know you're like David. You got a heart for the house of the Lord. You just have a heart for church. It's not a religion for you. It's a lifestyle. It's not just a, a duty to come. It's a privilege. It's not just doing something to try to please God. It's, it's an explosion of celebration and joy for you to come into the house of God. Because I know you'll serve without being paid, serve without being appreciated. Although you're appreciated, but sometimes you, you never hear any, you know, mention, any special mention or any thank you, but you just love serving. I, I think of, of RJ and, and uh, Rizzy. They had very similar stories. Now, coming to the house and growing in the Lord, and, and, and their parents basically told them, you're not allowed to go to that church anymore. I remember RJ had, there was tension in the family, persecution at home. One time, RJ had a, a very special certificate from, it was like a participation certificate from a ministry that, that he was, he, he joined, and his father burned it. Is that right? That's the story. And then basically RJ said, you know, take away all the privileges from me if you want to, but just don't take away my going to church. And many, many of the young people had a similar experience where persecution from home, you don't go to that church. You're not going to get a job because of that. You're not going to improve your life because of that church. But people have a commitment and willing to sacrifice and be a part of the house and so many there's a young girl that you see her every day here every day she comes here actually she's kind of a special child but she really is special in the eyes of the lord if she comes here and most of you would not notice her 
because she's very quiet, very unassuming. But she'll come here and get a walis and work with Joffrey to sweep the courtyard every day. Some of you maybe have seen that. She's about six or seven years old. Her parents don't come here. They've never been here before, as far as I know. She just comes here and just serves. And anytime there's praise and prayer, soaking, I was just watching her last night. Just small. Everybody else is up here, and she's down here. She has a different world. You probably have never been to her world. But she's down here. And when the worship starts, she just sings her heart out. She just pours her heart out of love to the Lord with hand expressions and with all the tears and joy. She's got a heart for the house. People got a heart for the house of God, like David. David had a heart for the house of God. And it says in 1 Kings chapter 15, there was another guy, king, named Asa. In 1 Kings 15, 4 and 5, Asa's heart was fully committed to the Lord all his life. And he brought into the house of the Lord the dedicated things. His heart was fully committed. He didn't have this attitude, well, I'll just attend if I have time. If I'm not too busy next week, I'll try to come. No, his heart was fully committed. Not just only to God, but to the house of God. He brought dedicated things there. And God wants us to be committed and fully committed to him and his house. And I know there's some mentality in some Christians where they say, well, I'm just a member of the kingdom of God, but I don't want to have much involvement with a local church. It means the kanilang mentality is, I'm just a kingdom Christian. I'm a Christian at large, and I'm a part of the overall church throughout the world, and, but you know what? That's exactly the strategy of the devil, to try to get Christians scattered and to work independently and do their own things and not have, you know, not have to go through relational stickiness and not have to get involved in other people's lives and, and connect and submit and cooperate and, and keep unity the devil would like everybody just to be scattered. But man, if, if we had a people that their heart was fully committed, if we had a people whose, whose heart was for the house of God, we could build something great. Don't you agree with that? If, if, we, if everybody had, had a fully committed heart, we could build something really, really great, magnificent, famous, glorious in all the earth. So number three is this, recognize that God loves his house. <laughs> I, I tell you, I love the house of God, but not as much as God loves the house of God. I mean, he loves his house. It's God's will that we have a heart for the house, that we share his heart. Kanyang puso, kanyang priority, the passion of God, the, the, the passion that he has. Tignemosa, 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 17. The Bible said that right here, The Lord said to my father David, Nagsasalita dito si Solomon, who eventually built the temple. 
And so he says, the Lord said to my father, David, because it was in your heart to build a house for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. So I God, it's a good thing that you had. It's good. You did well to have it in your heart to build a house. Now, we know the story is that David was not allowed to actually build it. He prepared everything, but it was his son, King Solomon, that actually built the house, built the temple of God. Because here's the thing. David, Nathan, the prophet, he said, I just want to build a house because David was living in a really nice palace made of cedar wood, the best house. And one day David looked and he saw the, the mobile station, kung saan nakastambay yung Ark of the Covenant. The presence of God was in a tent and David was in a house. And so David said, I, I want to put God at least at the same level of house I'm in. I want to build a house for the Lord. And finally, Nathan, the, the prophet, came back. Itong sabi ng word of God, K. David, says, you want to build me a house? I took you out of the sheep. You were a shepherd for sheep. Taga-alaga ng mga hayop. I brought you out. I, I gave you the throne bilang hari. I've been with you everywhere you've gone. And never once did I ask you to build me a house. I don't need your house. I live everywhere. But he says, it was good that you had it in your heart to build me a house. But here's what God said. He says, no, 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 no. You don't have to build me a house where I'm going to live. And he says in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 29, he says, I am going to build you a house. Now listen to it. Now, in the Old Testament, the house was that temple, the physical place. In the, new, in the New Covenant, the house of God is the church. It's the body. It's this city of refuge, the people of God from different backgrounds and different ideas. But we come together and Jesus Christ makes us united. And it's like David was saying, God... I'll build you a church where you can live. And God says, no, I will build my church where you can live, where you can raise your children, where you can come every week, where you can be a part and grow. And, you know, God doesn't need our place. We need his place. Do you understand? God has built a church. Jesus said, I'll build my church. And we need to live in his church and have that heart for the house because God loves his house. It says in 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 3, the Lord said to him, I have consecrated this house that you have built by putting my name there forever. And listen to this. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. And one version says, one version says, my eyes are on it and my heart will be in it. Do you know the eyes of the Lord are on this church? Did you know the heart of God is, is in this church? And Jesus, 
is our bridegroom. Ephesians chapter 5 says that Christ loved the church. He gave himself for her to present her to himself as a glorious church. Number four, catch the vision for an excellent house. You know, one of the, I don't know if you're familiar with this, those of you who have taken the Fresh Start class, you know that the vision statement of our church is an excellent church of influence producing champions in life. And what would it be like uh, for you if you imagined a, an excellent church? You know, Second Chronicles, the first, no, First Chronicles, the first verse we read, First Chronicles 22, 5, David said it, it should be a house that is exceedingly magnificent and it should be famous and glorious. I want you to catch the vision that God has for his house. The vision that God has for his house is not some small, run-down, beat-down, broken-down group of struggling, sad, depressed, lonely, pitiful people. That's not the heart of God for his church. <laughs> okay? He says it's, it's an exceedingly magnificent house. It's a glorious house. It's a famous house. Everybody that drives by says, there they go again. Another fiesta. There they go again. To Madamina, they're just getting bigger and bigger. There they go again, buying more land, expanding again. Every time I come here, there's something new. That's what Ramel Guevara always says. Every time I come here, there's something new. Every time I come here, it seems like the people are expecting something. Is that right? Because we got a God that's unlimited. Of course the people expect something. There's always more in the house of God. In Psalms 20, 42, verse 4, David is remembering. He says, I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession. A new procession? Like a parade, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy <laughs> and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Now, I looked, up, I looked up this verse in different translations. Most of the English translations use the word throng, T-H-R-O-N-G. We don't say that word much. I didn't even know what is that word, throng. I thought thong, but it's a throng, a throng. So a throng of worshipers, a great crowd of worshipers. And you know what that word meant? I, I looked up the, the, the Hebrew word. It meant a noisy, like you guys, a little bit noisy. It was a noisy, excited, emotional crowd. If you look it up in Tagalog, it's Buntun na tao. Just a swarm. Can you imagine like honeybees? It's a swarm. David says, I remember it was just a swarm of people. There's people everywhere. In the courtyard, in the cafe, in the kitchen. Lahat ng kubo occupied. People waiting in line for the CR. You know, cars coming, cars going. Children running and playing. 
There's just people everywhere. It's, it's chaos. Almost. You know, actually the word in Hebrew actually meant an uproar. Insurrection. It comes from the root word. It's just a throng. of worship people everywhere. This huge crowd of people just pouring out the door. Just trying to squeeze through that one doorway. All in one direction. Coming to worship God. Oh, that's the house I see for this place. That's the house. That's the vision that I have. Catch a vision of a big church. You know, it's just catch a vision of, it's not just, oh, well, it's just us. It's my, our family and the same old friends. We're singing the same old song. And we're a little depressed today. We're sad and lazy. We just come in about 10 minutes late. That's okay. I didn't miss anything. No, no, let's have, a, let's have a heart to build a great house for God. Let's have a heart to, that, that, that wants to, to see the, 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 the masses of people come to God. Let's have a heart to build a house that from the first note that's played, you can already sense the presence of God. Just like last night when we had the soaking for two hours and all the guests that were here, just crying in the presence of no reason, just they touched by God, falling down and just worshiping. And then, and it's like, you cannot come into this environment. You cannot come to the house of God and experience such joy and not be changed. Hindi po pwedeng lumabas na you're the same as you came in. It's just not possible. And we'll just have a house that is so magnificent, so excellent, that no one can deny that Jesus is alive. It's different than the Rotary Club. It's different than, than whatever club there. It's different than the, the disco bar. It's a house that God's presence is showing up, manifesting. Amen. And it's a, it's a joyful, festival, thriving celebration. It's not you, you're going, to the, you're going to the church? Yeah, me too, okay. No, it's, 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 it's a joyful, it's a celebration. In Acts chapter 11, verse 26, for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught a great number of people. Now, how many is a great number? You know, we don't have to talk about the number. It just says there's a great number. You know, in our cell group last Friday, we had a great number. Right, guys? We had a great number of people in our cell group. It's, it's, we, had to, we had to separate the group into two sections because it's a great number. Is your cell group bringing great numbers together? Do we have great numbers of Youth in the J24-7, Saturday Jam. You know, the house is a place where great numbers can be accommodated. The last thing I want to share with you, last point, is that we've got to decide to love the house. Love is not accidental. It's intentional. You don't love people accidentally. Love is a choice. It's a decision. I mean, if you ever decide to get married like I did, that's a choice. Love is not just based on emotions. You cannot sustain a marriage very long if it's just based on radio romance. 
and feeling good because it's, you know, you understand? There's a time when you've got to actually make a decision to be committed. And so love, you know, if you're, ba- if you're waiting, if you're waiting to feel love for the house, if you're waiting to feel like, okay, I, I feel it's time for me to be involved, you will be very unstable. Your, your, your involvement, your commitment will fluctuate so much. Depends on who's there, you know. Who's, who's going to be there? Okay. Or what, you, what time is it going to finish? Do we have a minicab to take me home? Is there merienda? You know, if you're waiting to feel something, it, it, that's not a healthy love for the house. You got to choose, make a decision to love the house. Je- Jesus said in John 2, 17, passion for God's house consumes me. It's like a fire burning inside. And so, you know, my kapatid, if, if you are just visiting, you know, and there's people that come here to SFCC all the time. We have visitors come in every week. And if you're visiting and this is not your house, it's okay. We love you. Love to have you. We love guests, VIP. Or if you're here in this church just for a short season, then you're welcome here. And we hope that you have a great experience while you're passing through. Okay? But eventually... You need to find a place that you can call home, right? You need to find a place where it's God's will that we all, you know, get rooted somewhere and we do life together in the context of a family. We don't need to be transient people, church tourism, you know, hopping from one fellowship or one meeting to another you know that's not God's will those that are planted flourish a a plant that hops from one pot to the next will never bear fruit I remember one person in this church who eventually got offended because and hospitalized no one visited that person from the church or very few people and no one gave money to help with the bills and all that. But the problem is this person was very transient. Sometimes they attended, came in late, left out early. They never talked to anybody. They didn't make friends. So no one knew this person's phone number or, you know, they didn't have a relationship. And so I'm just telling you that if you're not planted in the house, there are benefits of being in the house that you won't ever experience because people don't know you. People don't have that connection with you. So it's very important that we get involved in people's lives and get ourselves connected and planted. And if you are, uh, you know, you've got to love a house. Your house is not perfect. This church is not perfect. We've got a long ways to go, but it's home for me. And as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord here in this house. Do you understand? And maybe there's some things that we do well, and there's some things that we're very weak at. And we'll continue to be weak at that until God brings somebody 
into our house that can bring that contribution that we need, that we're lacking. And that's how the body is fitted together. Somebody will come in and they have this to, but it's got to be somebody that's got a heart for the house. You know, people always wonder, why, why do we have these leaders? Why this staff? Why, you know, why don't we have the Ph.D., the master's degree? Why don't we get a perfect? You know, we're not looking for the best, most qualified people. When I hire a staff, I'm not looking for, if I was looking for the best person, I would pull someone, I would pirate someone out of the business world. I'm not looking for the best people who are the most highly qualified. I'm looking for people that have a heart for the house. They love the Lord. They love me. They, they love the, the house. Because at the end of the day, the real qualification is that you're available and that you love sheep. A shepherd that's just hired because he's a Ph.D. in shepherding is going to run away. As soon as he gets a better job offer, as soon as he gets his uh, hands dirty or it's inconvenient, somebody that loves the house will lay his life down for the sheep. That's the kind of shepherds, the leaders, that's the culture that we have in this house. Your leaders are not perfect. I'm not perfect but they will lay their lives down for you and they will not abandon the house. How about you? Would you be a pastor in the house? You know, a pastor is a shepherd, one who looks after, takes care of. Would you bring your love to the house? Give into the house. At the end of the day, it's not about if you're a member, if you attend, if you can give something. It's are you, will you, can you love the house of God? That's the question today. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Father, we thank you for giving us a great church. A church that when there's crisis, when there's death, when there's hurt, when there's things that go wrong, we, we can run to the church as a, as a city of refuge, a sanctuary, a place where we won't be put down, kicked out, judged guilty, but a place where we'll just be loved and accepted. And I thank you for the, the culture and the environment that you've built for us. We have it in our heart to build a great house for you, but we know that it's really you that built a great house for us. And we thank you for that house, and we, we want to dwell in your house forever. And so, Lord, just continue to deepen our roots and give us a heart to love your house. In Jesus' name, amen.